Jess. Three days later, all I can think of is that I need to speak to him. He called twice after that day, but I never returned the calls. Yes, I know this was childish. I need to apologize, and his silence has me worried, if I'm being honest. I type a quick text and hit send. Jeff, hi. I'm sorry that I haven't returned your calls. Can we meet, please? I'll explain everything. Who knew that time could run so slowly? It was the longest two minutes and 50 seconds, 1.35 milliseconds of my life. Imagine my relief when my phone makes a sound. Hi, Jess. Currently swamped with work, but can we speak over the phone if possible? Thanks. First off, ouch. Well, I deserve that. I'm not giving up so easily. Though because if these three days have shown me anything, it's that I really like Jeff. And not speaking to him makes me feel like there's a hole in my heart. And it needs to be sealed. Instead of texting, I decided to put on my big girl pants and call. One minute, 20 seconds, and a lot of convincing later. So I'll see you later today, right? I asked to be double sure that we agree. Yes, Jess. I'll see you later. Jeff responds. Comfortably seated at Lomo Cafe and waiting for Jeff. Jess is a little, not a lot flustered and is preparing her speech when she sees him walking in and loses all concentration. Standing up so that he sees her, she offers a little smile and hopes he returns it. Jeff smiled back, but it didn't reach his eyes. Jess, undaunted, thought that it was better to start with her speech. Thank you for making it. I appreciate your time, and I'll get straight to it so I don't take too much of your time. Let's place our order so they can get started on it first. Jeff responds while signaling the waiter, who approaches the table with a smile and a menu. The interruption gives Jess the time she needs to gather her thoughts, and she decides to start with her apology and be sincere with all she had to say, regardless of how much she hates speaking about her feelings. With the arrival of their drinks, Jess starts. Jeff, I'm sorry. Sorry for how I've acted and for being rude. There's no excuse. When you said all you feel that night, I freaked out. I didn't handle things well. The truth is, I'm scared, Jeff. I'm scared out of my mind. I like you. And while I want things to change, I also don't want things to change because what if it ends up spoiling this friendship that we have? I don't do well with uncertainties. And so that is why I freaked out. <sighs> she sighed, knowing that she had gotten all she had to say without stammering or getting too flustered. Jeff interrupts her thoughts and says, Apology accepted, Jess. I hear you. And I understand how all I said may have triggered your reaction. I cannot claim to know it all or know what the future holds. All I will say is that there are some risks worth taking. And I am willing to take those risks with you. You're worth it to me. But I won't force you because it wouldn't be authentic. I like you. I want us to be more than friends. And so I'll go ahead and ask you directly. Will you be my girlfriend? The ball is in her court now, and she has to decide what to do next. Taking a deep breath, Jess responds to the question and says, Yes, Jeff, I will be your girlfriend. I like you, and even though I know it wouldn't be easy, I'm willing to go on this adventure with you. The rest of the dates progressed, with both of them sharing all that had been happening in their lives for the moment that each was absent in each other's life. Done with dinner and holding hands while strolling to the parking lot, their reverie is interrupted when someone says, Hello. I'm sorry I interrupted you both. Jess, I've been trying to speak to you. Jess holds back, and she sees Stan. Of all the places and times he could show up, he chooses here and now? 
The universe must be playing some sort of trick on me because... Hello, Stan. Jeff responds instead. Are you by any means stalking Jess? He says with a chilling voice that has Jess taking a second look at him because what happened to the guy who was giving dry jokes just a few seconds ago? No, please. It's just that I have been trying to speak to her. I've called her at different times and with other numbers, but she has never returned any of my calls. I came here with my fiancé, and we were walking in when I spotted you both. Stan responds, looking at Jeff. I need to make amends, and I really need to let go of this load I've been carrying, he continues. Now looking at Jess. If you give me 30 minutes of your time, at a date of your choosing, at any location you choose, I would appreciate it. I know it's much more than I deserve, but if you would please consider and let me know, I would be grateful. He concludes while pulling out a complimentary card and stretching it forward. Jess doesn't move, doesn't say a word, and so Jeff collects the card and they both watch Stan walk away. Stan has continued to call with different numbers since then, and as expected, whenever I realize it is him, I hang up because what nonsense. It almost feels like he has a radar he uses to detect when I'm happy, so he can tell exactly when to rear up his head and ensure I remain in perpetual misery. Well, I won't even let that bug me because in a few minutes, I'm having dinner with Babe. When we got done with dinner, Jeff held my hands. But I didn't think that was anything because he seemed to have a thing for my hands and sometimes unconsciously searched for them when we drove. But then he started. Look into my eyes, Jess. Ever the playful one. I responded with a snide comment. Why so serious, Abeg? He smirked, but his eyes didn't lose their seriousness. Jess, having you as a girlfriend, friend and partner these past months has been interesting. I bless the day that I laid my eyes on you. You are the answer to my prayers. And today, I want you to know that you'll always be mine. And for always. I mean for the long haul. I'm not taking breaks. I'm not giving you space. And I'm definitely not changing my mind. Before you freak out, this isn't a proposal. I'm giving you a promise ring as a sign of my pledge. It is a promise to keep being your friend, to keep being intentional about us. And finally, it is a promise to be your safe place always. You may not know this, Jess. But thinking of you keeps me awake. Dreaming of you keeps me asleep. And being with you keeps me alive. I decided not to drive today so that babe would drop me home. I'm still reading from the idea of a promise ring and the entire concept. Truth be told, I had always loved promise items, rings, bracelets, necklaces, etc. I just never pegged Jeff as one with such mushiness. But you know, never say never. Pulling into my street, I hear Jeff call me. Babe, he says. Yes, babe. I'm saying in my usual playful tone. I'm just going to go straight into it and see what I've been thinking. I think you should give Stan a chance to speak to you. Before you argue, hear me out. You always wanted to know the reason behind the actions he took. But plus, I believe that listening to him will give you a chance to close that chapter once and for all. Now, I know that isn't what you want to hear. But I also know that it is the truth. <sighs> it will be to your benefit. Babe, I've seen you grow through various situations you thought would bring you down. I've watched your love, devotion, and intimacy for Abba grow. But babe, if you don't forgive, doesn't all that mean balderdash? Think about it, my love. I'll be here through whatever decision you take. He stops, and I continue to stare at him. I wanted to cuss out, I wanted to scream, and I wanted to feel betrayed that he could even tell me to forgive Stan. 
but a tiny part of my mind saw the truth in all that he had said, and to be honest, it was very exhausting to stay angry with the person. I'd rather finish it and move on to the next level. Having decided to get this all over with, Jeff dropped me off at Mamba Cafe, a very public place, and promised to be at the parking lot waiting for me. Being an early bird, I see that Stan hasn't arrived, and I am left alone for a few minutes with my thoughts, and I run through all the activities, events, and moments that had happened that led me to the place that I am. Being with Jeff has changed me. It has changed me for the better, and I feel much lighter than I have in a while. My shaky relationship with Jesus has been put on the right track. My mind doesn't feel clouded anymore, and overall, I am happier. Hi, a voice said and interrupted my thoughts. I looked up to see Stan had arrived and he was standing. I didn't bother stand up. I only gestured for him to sit and say, Hello, Stan. He sat and mourned to say, Thank you for agreeing to see me. I know it wasn't easy, and I do not deserve your time. I, I interrupted him. Just get to the point, Stan. You ask for my time, you have it now. Use it wisely as time is fast running, I say. I know it isn't polite, but come on. I breathed babe on all that transpired on our way home. Now in the solitude of my bedroom, with the rain pelting against my window. I replay all Stan had said, and I cannot help but feel pity for him. Yes, I had always wanted revenge, but it seemed like life had dealt him a tough hand since the last time we met. Like I always say, we don't necessarily have bad people. It's just people who do bad things. Stan explained how sorry he was and that I didn't deserve all that had happened, blah, blah, blah. I told him that no one deserves it. Apparently, the year I got the arbitration court ruling, he got caught by a senior executive in the company he was in, got arrested, lost everything. He had managed to get there and was deported. He also explained the reason he got into the entire scam in the first place. He explained that he had challenges in Nigeria. Whilst that isn't an excuse, it was why he was doing all he could to get money, legally or illegally. His dad had died a few years before he came to the States and left his mom in trillions of debt. Debtors wanted to kick them on the streets, have his mom locked up and take his brothers who were still in uni to Kutonu to work. All that was going to kill his mom, who had a health issue and needed constant care. So he brokered an arrangement to pay one million US dollars per annum at a frequency as determined by him. That was 420,640,042 naira yearly. How was he to get that by being a regular staff? He fell in the wrong crowd, who first planted this idea in his head. And being an intelligent individual, he fine-tuned it and got to work. After he lost everything and got incarcerated, his brothers tried to make some payments and presently he has paid more than half of that money and has been able to get debtors off their backs, at least in the meantime. He has started all over again. He isn't where he hopes to be, but God has been helping him. He rededicated his life to Christ, met an amazing young lady and had a startup business. He was also in therapy and had been advised by his therapist to face all those he had wronged. I was the last on his list and he felt he needed to get me before he could fully enter the next chapter of his life. I forgive him and told him that while I am happy, he is okay and that life is beginning to look up for him. I hope we never have to see each other ever again. And I ended by wishing him the best before I got up and walked into the parking lot to meet Jeff. I felt like I had dropped a massive piece of luggage off my chest and I was moving forward with no baggage. Talk, talk, talk.